0: As consumers, we own the things that we pay for, right? Well, yes, but the concept of owning a product might start well before checkout. It may even start with something as simple as holding a product in your hands. Today we discuss a study that looks at something called perceived ownership and how businesses might be using it to help nudge their customers into making a purchasing decision. This is Shadoof. Welcome
1: to Shadoof, the place where business research and enterprise To the Let's start the show.
0: You're listening to the Shadoof podcast, where we try to bring some business research, actual research with actual data relating to business, sales, marketing, leadership, all sorts of things that are interesting. We bring to the table, we do some of our own research and we look for and find the most valuable research that's already been done that has potential application that will benefit benefit you or hopefully that you just find interesting because there's also that you can sound smart by listening to us anyways I'm your host Weston Smith here with head of research Dustin Harding and Rachel Hansen our digital marketing coordinator extraordinaire and we have some sad news (laughs) Rachel do you want to start us off with our terrible terrible news
1: yes terrible news I am leaving UVU And the Shadoop Podcast. I got a new job. Should I say where?
0: (sighs) Yeah, Yeah, say where. say where. Our future sponsor. (laughs) I'm going to crumble cookies. Crumble cookies. Yes. For those of you who don't know, cookies are big. Big deal here in Utah County, where we operate from.
2: Sweets. Sweets Sweets. are a big deal. Sweet things. Well,
0: cookies have have been awesome because, well, you know, because we've always had these snack food trends here in Utah County, right? You know, we went through the frozen yogurt stage, we've done the smoothie stuff. We've gone through cupcake phase. Oh, can I tell you guys, I hated, hated the cupcake (laughs) phase.
1: Oh, I'm thinking of the big place in my head right now. I don't know if I can say it.
0: You can say it. Sweet tooth, sweet tooth. Fairy. They were
1: the, the big cupcake place.
0: Yeah, they were the big cupcake place, and then you had what was it? I can't remember any of them. I'm glad it's done. I'm glad they're gone. I don't like yeah, their bundt either.
2: cakes for a while, right? Bundt cakes. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was before cupcakes, I think. That's right. That
0: was like I think it was bundt cakes first. And some some are lasting. Some still hang around.
1: Hopefully, right? cookies aren't. Cookies <laughs> are tried
0: and true. I feel like we've gone through some weird stuff, and now we're back. Now we're back to the classic, yeah. right? yep so cookies are great and they're way easier to eat than a stupid cupcake <laughs> yeah. why would you why, uh, with this than a stupid cupcake that's piled seven inches tall with frosting and other decorations on it That you, you don't
1: eat yeah that you don't eat or yeah. like
0: you or you have to eat awkwardly or I can't like go and get a cupcake and then walk around eating that cupcake because I'm just gonna have frosting all over my
2: face <laughs> or, or share a cupcake. That's it. Oh, like, yeah. like, I just. Yeah. And we were talking about this before. Yeah. Like, I always. How do you slice it? I up? always bash my dad about this because. We're at, it it was one of these cupcake places. And he's like, hey, can I try yours? I'm like, sure. And he's like, (laughs) it's like half my cupcake in one bite. (laughs) (laughs) To take
0: a bite, you have to decimate the cupcake. You have to decimate it. you you got to
2: go over the icing and completely decimate the cupcake. you got
0: to dislocate your jaw if you want the appropriate proportional frosting (laughs) to cake ratio that they provide in the stack.
2: And that's worse.
1: Weston was talking about sharing with his kids. I feel like sharing a cupcake with a child is worse. They got... Yeah. Slobber. And, oh yeah, you know.
0: Because so I was saying with cookies, the cookies cookies are always pretty big, and I always cut out little wedges of my kids so I can taste their cookies. Yeah. And I always I always tell them I want my pack. I'm making Pac-Man out of their cookies. I'm like, I got to Pac-Man your cookie before you can eat it, and so then I get some of it. It's and we like don't a,
1: eat it in the car. That's yeah, a, exactly. That's a good move too. Yeah,
0: because yeah. we have to wait till we get home to eat it. Yep. Um, it's kind of like. It's kind of like the it's kind of like dad tax, you know, like uh, we always say, like, you know, a <laughs> dad, <laughs> dad tax. Yeah, but instead this one's kind of like gets them excited because they're like Pac-Man cool, you know,
1: do they even know Pac-Man though? Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
0: Well, I make them play it. I, okay. You know, if they want dinner, they have to beat 30 <laughs> levels of Pac-Man. So
1: I love it. Make them earn a Just... <laughs> keep. <laughs> that's awesome.
0: No, but they know the classics. Okay, good. Well, that's that's sad news. But, you know, it sounds fun and exciting.
1: Thanks. I'm excited.
0: Um, that's awesome. That's really great. Um, we're going to move on to our a smattering of, of studies, if I'm not mistaken. But yes. revolving around one topic. And this is going to be really exciting. This is relevant to, to this day and age and hand it over to Dustin to tell us what it is.
2: So we're going to talk a little bit about perceived ownership, okay? okay. The, this perception of ownership is more complex than you might think. Complex in the fact that you may not have like perceived ownership over something that you actually do own. Mm. You may have perceived ownership for something that you don't own. Even sellers at times have this idea of perceived ownership. There's been all kinds of research that has looked at This perceived ownership, how it makes you value these items and some of the situations and things that might impact whether or not you perceive an ownership over a certain object or item.
0: So this perceived ownership can have an effect on our day-to-day lives and the decisions we make around these Yeah. Items.
2: Yeah. And whether these items are actually owned or not.
0: So what's an example? Let's start with the perceived ownership of something that you own, but don't think you do
2: a product or something that you that you see that you that you use uh, or that you imagine yourself using that can create this perceived ownership. Okay. Right? Once that's created, you don't want to lose that object. So you're willing to sacrifice more or spend more to obtain it once you've kind of latched onto this idea of ownership.
0: Tell me if this applies to it. We operate at a university uh, here at UVU. We're in a nice new building. Is there a perceived ownership of a group of students who goes into, who has a regular room that they always use? Is this the type of perceived ownership? Because they don't own it, but they might think that they do.
2: So if there's
0: a seat that you have mm-hmm. in your class. A seat at the table or a seat in the classroom. And you
2: walk in and somebody else is sitting there, that's, that's my spot. Excuse me. Oh, that was
1: the worst in college. My husband, he's in a cohort right now of 50 students. They don't change classrooms any day. They stay in the same classroom when their teacher comes to them. Some girl sat in his spot and he was like, I didn't know what to do. Like, he's a grown man, but someone sat in his spot. He's like, I had to go sit over there. I couldn't sit by Mike. It was funny because he perceived his ownership. That was his spot for a whole semester. He wasn't going to move.
2: And have you noticed in those cases, it's like a completely different experience and it's kind of hard. Distracting. It's distracting. Yeah. It's
1: distracting. <laughs> I used to I used to be a dancer and at the bar in ballet, everybody had their spot. And a couple of times our teachers would make us move spots because mm-hmm. she said it helped us pay more attention because we weren't so comfortable.
2: I felt like it made me more alert. If you have an office, right. you say that's my office when really it's not your office.
0: It's not your office, but there is policy that's allocated that space yeah. to yeah. you, right?
2: But but it's not. But you, it's you still don't not yours, it. right? You don't own it. Uh, another case where that where this might happen is if you're out test driving cars. There's certain things that we'll talk about, especially like touch. If you're able to touch a product, it enhances this idea of perceived ownership. So as you're test driving a car or something you're going to feel this ownership attachment to it and it's going to be harder to
0: let it go.
1: That's why yeah. my husband makes me hold his hand when my walk through Target.
0: <laughs> oh, there it's you like, go. Don't no, don't, don't, don't. Come on, come on. Don't touch it. He does. Because <laughs> they kind of want you to do that with products so then you do feel like you don't like the idea of someone else having that. Kind of like this, your husband's chair in this classroom right. it's like you kind of want to revert back to a child and throw a tantrum if you don't get your <laughs> spot or if you don't yes if you don't have that thing right
2: that and we can actually like start with some of this research it's it's called the the, the effect of mere touch on perceived ownership published in 2009 in the journal of consumer research they show that just touching an item has this this real powerful effect on this perceived ownership. Um, they even compare and contrast it in in one of their studies. They have uh, some participants actually think through and imagine what it would be like owning this product, where you would put it, when you would use it. So really powerful manipulation on trying to trying to get them really to attach um, this perceived ownership. They, they showed when you touch the product, imagining that, that you're owning the, the product really didn't have any effect because just touching it already put you through that simulation. On top of that, this mental simulation of, of owning it didn't do much at all.
0: You can see what they were trying to do, which does have an effect, but the touching already took care of that.
2: I mean, think of door-to-door salesmen. They're like, oh, hey, I'm selling this book or this carpet cleaner and they want you to touch it
0: when someone hands you something you take it right like
2: yeah yeah this paper shows it increases positive emotions but also this perceived ownership and that's what kind of drives your desire
0: i don't know if you guys have ever experienced this if you're ever buying something you go up to a counter and they have like a display something that you can handle and pick up and handle you say okay yes i want this and they go to the back and get a different one have you guys ever felt like kind of like this like oh yeah, I guess that makes sense. Like that was mine. I I kind of liked this one, then I think your reasoning kind of takes over and you're like, "Oh no, I probably would rather have a new one than one that's been handled by so many people and, you know."
2: we're, we're going back to a car, especially if you're test driving, you're feeling it, like you're 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 kind of driving and going through this this crazy experience. I think I think if if there was a newish test car that, uh, I, I mean, car that someone was, that was, that a dealership was selling that maybe this car, um, had just been test driven a few miles. Right. But then they, they, you had the choice between that and like a brand, a new, brand one. new one.
0: you would probably It'd go with the difficult. one that you drove because you've been through That's something funny. with it.
1: That's the one you want. And you know how it is. Yeah.
2: One of the things that they kind of show from this that has uh, been kind of longstanding is that uh, once you've attached um, this perceived ownership to to an object, it creates this fear of losing it. Mm -hmm. Once we feel like we own it, we don't want to lose it. We value it more. Um, and so, so it's, it's more difficult to get it away from us. This kind of started with uh, some research. They, they, they call it the endowment effect. Okay. And uh, it's this loss aversion idea where, um, like, Rachel, if I handed you a pencil and I said, how much would you pay to obtain this, this pencil? How much do you think it's worth? You'd, you'd give your little estimate but if i instead brought it over to you and said rachel this is your pencil how much are you willing to sell it for now that it's your pencil you don't want to lose that pencil and so what you what you're willing to sell it for is is going to be a lot more than what you'd be willing to buy it for
0: this is this is probably a little bit extreme in hoarders that's what they're you know they're going you know they get something it's theirs they do not want to get rid of it right yep so they're like the extreme case, then and people sure. are like, "Sell it, why don't you sell some of this stuff? You can make some money?" and they're like, mm, no, because to
1: them it means nothing. The person who's trying to course them to sell it it's just a thing, and it's not theirs, yeah,
2: but- and then if they sold it, they would probably want to sell it for more than what anyone else would want to buy it for right A lot of these things lead to some some of our current events of the of the day right some some upcoming things currently. That, that currently that are, that are, relevant uh, that are popping up so this part in in this paper it says high levels of perceived ownership may be the result of legal owner ownership but can also can also be affected by time touch and imagery in contrast objects that are frequently traded like stocks or money may be legally owned and yet low in perceived ownership resulting in the ability to forfeit them without feeling the loss but but the, so so it's saying that there there may be some things that you feel attached to that you don't own. But other things, especially things that we that we don't really have this physical relationship with that we do own, we may feel like we don't own them as well as much because of that lack of connection. And so the feeling of loss isn't there.
1: I feel like that way with Venmo money, like yes. my Venmo yes. balance, like, oh, yeah, I'll Venmo you 10, 20 bucks for this and that and whatever. But if you ask me to hand you cash or even swipe my card, it's a little like, oh. um, think about it more
0: yes oh my gosh yeah you do own this outright and it has a specific value but yet you can so freely get rid of it
1: yeah it comes and goes and i don't see it i don't touch it it's just words on a screen
0: that's that's why we have this explosion first of all cash trading apps right and then also i'm thinking like oh my gosh this is happening with we have nfts every company is going subscription based so you're not thinking i have to pay this bill every month you're just like setting up you know automated payments to then you know you're buying it little by little you may not use it but you're always paying for it and you, you get it with
2: like credit cards as well, right? Um, where where you just don't you're not actually touching the money you, you you're touching the credit card, but you don't lose the credit card; it kind right. of stays with you. Uh, just recently, I mean, Bi- Biden did an executive order. They're they're doing more research because of all these this digital currency that's going on. Um, the executive order is really trying to push more research that would uh, that would try to move into a national digital
0: currency. National. Digital Aww, currency.
2: If that were the case, um, if we just were all digital, we don't really have this this feeling of uh, this loss aversion with this digital currency. So it's it's people are just going to be more frivolous with that yeah. spending. A recent article that that looked at that is cash perceived as more valuable than digital money and they f- find that yes, people believe that cash has more purchasing power and therefore this is more valuable and so they're they're less willing to let it go.
1: I I mean you guys have kids, but kids love their their money and the more coins they have mm-hmm. the better. Like it doesn't make sense that a quarter is less than a a paper dollar. Mm-hmm. It's funny to watch kids have a dollar of quarters and a paper dollar, and the paper's better because it's yeah. it's yeah. paper. But I think some of that like authenticity and realness never goes away. Just like that study said
0: we did with with my kids when they were younger had like a system where we printed up little fake bills and we called them frubles so it was like a reward system they could earn frubles and then they could buy some toys or candy or whatever it was also like hey you can also learn how to manage your money and save up and keep track of your money you know that type of yeah. thing so kind of what we're talking about is kind of what, what scares me about digital currency if it's all digital then yeah you just have this like external trade just happening in the background a lot of it being managed by you I mean I'm sure you can take an active role in managing your own finances and you but you have to do the work to gain that perception and then I think the same effect kind of happens as a nation as well because a dollar bill, like you were saying, Rachel, it has, it has value, but it just has, it's just paper, but it represents actual value of the market, right? So if you have digital currency, it can kind of be exploited and you don't have that, you don't have a physical representation at all. There wouldn't be any like barrier for printing more money. Like, right. it's just all Oh, just create more digital money. I'll
2: add another zero.
1: I hardly ever carry cash. You don't,
0: need right. to. COVID kind of did
2: that.
1: Yeah. Right? And you can buy cash really. You anyway. can even use Venmo at and Apple Pay, at like Wendy's, like right. regular places. So I think it is trending that way, and it does feel so much easier to swipe a card or tap or send whatever Not than think that. Think about it.
2: So if you're ever, you know, trying to get out of debt or something like that, you know, Dave Ramsey is is a is a huge advocate and trains people on how to do that. Um, but one of his big suggestions that he always gives is to get rid of cards, cards. and put cash into envelopes and have a system there because. There's that pain with using cash, as as you see it, as you see it go. So I think that we're losing cash. It's already kind of gone. We're not really using it day to day.
0: So this is just a, this is just an, the next step, right? Yeah, yeah. So.
2: But, but especially if if uh, if a lot of these things go through it looks like we may have like a national digital currency but when that when that happens it's it's just important that we as consumers uh, are mindful of okay how is this going to impact me psychologically especially when when it, when we see a physical product that we want that there's going to be that ownership there especially in contrast to some digital monetary thing that that we have no like a, a ownership attachment to it's going to increase our desire to spend. Uh, of course, there's business aspects to this, but they're like it, it, if you yeah, if you true. want people to spend more, don't accept cash, and uh, and, oh, then, and yeah. then they they will yeah they'll be more frivolous with with their spending, right?
0: I wonder. If- because here's the thing, you know, and we've we've kind of broached this topic before where we've kind of said like there's a f- kind of a gray line between manipulation and something, you know, but it's like if you're a business and you have a product that you think benefits people and you want to get it into their hands, for example, okay, are you manipulating them to feel that sort of ownership type of thing? I guess maybe a little bit. Yeah. Call it manipulation if you want, but it's not like, I don't think it's nefarious. Yeah. Like, you know, like getting my kids excited about giving me a piece of their cookie by calling it a (laughs) (laughs) Pac-Man.
2: That
0: may be more on the manipulative side, but you know. (laughs)
2: And and there's always a line there, right? right? As marketers and, or if we're in sales, like, is it ethical or not? For, for me, is saying, oh, hey, let's not accept cash because then they might spend more. That might be crossing the line. Right. Uh, but show, having them feel... The, the product, having them experience the product. Yes, they're going to have a higher perception of, of ownership through that process, but it's also important for, for the customer to, to understand that and it enhances their experience.
0: I think that's a good thing. And I think that's a good business tip to say like, hey, get your product in people's hands. Let them experience it. Don't just talk at them and, and say how great it is.
1: I wonder how this can work for the service industry. I have a brother who sells, pe- a brother in law who sells pest control. Do you think they could use more of the like, imagine yourself in this scenario? Cause they yeah. can't say, hold this bug spray. Like, it doesn't yeah, work like that. But maybe like, imagine <laughs> gotcha. your house in July with no spiders or. Some scenario like that.
2: What what you want to do is in order to provide customers the opportunity to kind of imagine themselves using the product um, is, yeah, you just don't want to put barriers out there that would prevent them from doing that. And it turns out that uh, that with some, re- some recent research, Um, shows that one of those barriers would be putting a model in there when you have when you have a model using the product it uh, makes it more difficult for consumers to see them themselves
0: uh, using that because they're seeing the product with someone else being owned by that person that they're also seeing in there whereas if they see it out of context and they're like that that could be mine
2: (laughs) yeah and i i think if you can if you can for instance, uh, have a video or something of of this product being used from the, the point of view of the user. Um, so the user's face isn't isn't in there or anything, but they're using the product, they're experiencing the product, and from that from that point of view, it should it should make it easier for the the consumer to to latch on and to and to think about themselves using it.
1: Have you guys seen those VR like? VR sets where it's like put mm-hmm. this on and walk a through VR a model awesome. home or something like walk that's a, a model home. good example of oh I can see myself living here because I'm standing in this home even though it's not real but yeah like you're there and it could be your house
0: I wonder if you can create tactile experiences with VR like, what if you walk past this beautiful sunroom and they blow a little bit of heat on you on outside and mm-hmm. then you're like feeling like, oh, the sun, the sunlight is warming me up. You know, that kind of.
2: A kitchen with fresh
0: baked
1: cookies.
0: Yeah. That would be sweet.
2: There's even research that, that shows that um, say, say you're trying to sell some soup on an ad. If the I'm spoon, always trying to do that. Yeah, I mean, we're always trying. <laughs> but if the spoon is on the right side um, rather than on the left side, if you're right handed, you're going to more easily go through the process of consuming that soup because you can more easily say, oh yeah, I would grab that with my right hand.
0: Well, that is awesome stuff. Was there, was, was there any more?
2: Having this understanding of ownership can help us as, as marketers or sellers, uh, but it can also help us as consumers. Right. It's this understanding that, Hey, there is this power in physical contact and to be aware of that. Right. And when we're selling, we want customers to be aware of that. As consumers, we want to be aware of that, be aware that that's something that exists. And then on the flip side, if I'm not touching it, like digital currency, I need to be aware that I'm not going to care about this as much, uh, but that doesn't mean I, I shouldn't care about it. I, sh- I should still care about it and uh, still be careful with it.
0: There's a few tips that we can come up with off the cuff, but it's also something business owners, companies, they can, they could take this research and they could come up with way cool creative ways to apply it. I mean, there's there's so many possibilities that it's not just like a hey do this, do this, it'll help. It's, man, how can we take what we know innately about the human mind and put it to practice, put it to use, right?
1: Transform it for products or services or whatever you're selling and marketing.
0: Yeah, if they can't handle it, you know, physically because, you know, most people are selling online, try and simulate the, the experience for them or something. Just there's so many cool things you could do with this. But I think that's it for today. So thank you for joining us on the Shadoof podcast and catch us next time. Hey, are you enjoying the show? Well, it's thanks to UVU's Woodbury School of Business that we're here. And all that we audaciously ask from you is that you give us a positive review here on the podcast and follow us on social media. With your support, we can bring more great content that is interesting and can help you make important business decisions. Thanks for listening.